Good morning and welcome to Retail Is Retail Alliance's podcast. Today, well, first of all, let's do introductions. My name is Kylie Ross Seibert, and I welcome my co-partner in crime, uh, Joey Morgan from Retail Alliance. And today's guest is Jenny Crittenden from Gloucester Main Street Preservation Trust. She's the executive director there. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Now, today we wanted to sort of talk about the many roles and many hats that you wear, which is more than probably what we can fit into the time frame today. <laughs> but we will focus a lot on the roles that you play in the Gloucester Main Street Preservation Trust, but also talk a little bit about your um, representation on the Governor's Task Force for the uh, private business for reopening Virginia, and also talk a little bit about your role on the Retail Alliance Board of Directors as the head of the Legislative Committee. So I wanted to touch, sort of have a framework <laughs> that we can talk, <laughs> talk within today. Um, but let's just, Sarah, just if you'd like to introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do. Sure, sure. So my name is Jenny Crittenden, and I am the Executive Director for the Gloucester Main Street Preservation Trust right up here in Gloucester, Virginia, just a little bit north of you guys, over the river and through the woods, as they say. And um, I've actually been in my role for over 14 years. So in essence, what I do is community and economic development um, related to the Main Street, the downtown. So I work within the National Main Street Framework and uh, Gloucester itself is a designated Virginia Main Street community. So we, we operate under a, a set of criteria for revitalization, which um, goes into what they call the national four-point approach, where we work to revitalize our downtown based off of a strong organization, promotions and marketing, economic vitality, and then enhancing the physical environment through design. Okay, so, so the Preservation Trust, that's what that does. It's all about revitalizing downtown Gloucester? Yes. Interesting. Now, I'm there, I didn't know that actually about that. Uh, are there other preservation trusts in the Hampton Roads area that you know about? No, in fact, we are the only Virginia Main Street community right here in this this particular region on the Middle Peninsula. Um, we're the first and the only right now. There are some others that are engaging at what um, at maybe like a more of an entry type mm -hmm. of level level where they are what they call an affiliate community, and that's where you start. Um, but I think the only one even east of us is over in Cape Charles in that direction. But most of them are, think sort of Richmond and then west of Richmond. There's a whole bunch out in like the southwestern part of Virginia. That's where the, this particular aspect of the programs began. Um, then, of course, there's about 2,000 Main Street communities nationwide. And I think we've got 28 in the state of Virginia. Wow. That's it. Very interesting. So why, why aren't there more? Why, why Gloucester? Why, why is uh, there one there? Well, you know, it's a matter of there is um, a different set of criteria. So they're not meant yet in Virginia for what I would call urban communities where you've got thousands and thousands and thousands okay. of people. They are meant for um, smaller communities. And so to give you an idea, so Gloucester itself, even though the county has around 36,000 people, our Main Street area really more so is, is pretty tiny. So it, you know, definitely that primary market for Main Street is more like five to about 5,000 people to be frank. So when Main Streets look at it, you have to have a, a concentrated commercial core and you have to have, you know, a certain number of percentage of commercial businesses that are operating within that district. And then as you reach different levels, um, you go from maybe a volunteer 
director to someone like myself who's a full-time director. So that's, it's a little bit of a, a structure involved to be able to walk through the process. Um, other places throughout the country have urban communities and then they're broken out into neighborhood districts. So let's say Virginia took on an urban program um, down where you all are, like in Norfolk, you may have a, a Ghent Main Street program, or you potentially would have a Collie Avenue Main Street program, and those would be broken out as separate programs. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So and how it got started, was it some sort of grant provided by a family, was it? What's the so it's our model. This is where we do get set apart from actually any other Main Street in the country, is that we are the only sustainable Main Street in the country. Um, our program began out of philanthropy. So there was a gentleman, um, his name was Edwin Joseph, who's now passed away. And he had a love for Gloucester. And he was a visionary um, beyond what any of us probably could have seen. And it was, I never had the chance to meet him because he passed away um, from cancer. But his wife is um, incredibly involved in our Main Street community. I actually also run her 501c3 arts organization called the Cook Foundation, where we kind of makes sense that you have the main street director and then the arts director where they're working together because they're the same person <laughs> so we have the ability to um, to really to leverage a lot of the resources that we have and those partnerships that you often will see in downtowns between arts organizations and main street organizations so but mr. Joseph um, was incredibly brilliant because what he did is we had at the time we had a lot of sprawl taking place. Um, think about when strip centers were, were popping up all over the place um, across the country. So then downtowns were being vacated and people were located in these strip centers. Well, after a while, some of these strip centers started to become vacant. And in my world, we call those white elephants where they're just these big masses of concrete with asphalt parking lots and no businesses anymore inside of them, or maybe just a couple that are hanging on for dear life. And um, we had such a shopping center that was just barely outside of what I would call the, the, the more um, historic commercial core of the Main Street. And it's actually where I'm sitting today. Mm -hmm. And it's Main Street Center. And Mr. Joseph came in and he wanted to make an impact um, here on Main Street. He wanted to create a model that would be an economic vehicle for the Main Street. So with his own personal funds, he purchased the shopping center that I'm sitting in. He then developed a board of directors and a trust. And then he donated the shopping center to the trust. He also funded its renovation. And to date, it was the largest gift ever bestowed upon Gloucester County to the tune of about seven to $8 million. Um, within that investment. In 2010, we paid the debt down here on the shopping center. And ever since then, I would say on average, we're about 95 to 97% leased, and um, which is pretty much unheard of. Mm -hmm. And um, But all the lease fees that come into the shopping center um, basically go to number one, taking care of this asset. And then number two, the way that our bylaws are written is that the monies that are spun off from the shopping center can only be used for the benefit 
of the Main Street community and the citizens who visit it and the residents and as well as the visitors. So um, we're a very, very unique model. Most Main Streets work on what we call a third, a third, a third, where you have a third of your funding, you rely upon the town or the city, mm -hmm. or in our case, it would be the county. And then the other third is fundraising. So thinking in terms of sponsorships mm -hmm. and donations and such. And then the other third would be your earned income, where maybe you're out with an event and you're charging a ticket price or you're selling a product and you have the ability to pull um, revenue from that. Whereas for us, it's, it's extremely different. We certainly do um, earned income through events and things because we, we partner with the Main Street Association, which is um, an organization that we seed fund. Um, plus we also uh, assist with giving annually um, to fund their executive director. So we take the, the four-point approach that I spoke about earlier and my role is to really function under the economic vitality and the design aspects. And then my counterpart, Jennifer, works within all the promotions and marketing and branding for the downtown, as well as um, kind of mobilizing our volunteer base, which helps you know, sustain our organizational aspects. So um, we're just very unusual where we, we split that four points, and, um, but we're able to get a lot more done probably quicker Mm -hmm. um, because we have the ability to do that and we don't have to go out and rely um, specifically upon government funding. Wow. I mean, that's awesome. So um, so talking about the partnership with, with Jennifer, and it's Jennifer Haggerty, is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, I heard of a program that you have introduced, you know, obviously what we're going through right now with COVID, um, a lot of the main street businesses have been affected negative sure. like this. Um, something called downtown dollars. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? I can. So, um, you know, gosh, when, when COVID-19 happened, we all, first off, you know, I guess one of these things you sort of saw it coming, but you weren't quite sure how it was going to affect us here. And then suddenly you, you know, you start to realize that, wait a second, um, there are going to be businesses that are going to be forced to be shut down. And we don't know how, for how long. And then we had others who were going to, people, they were saying people can't come inside. So then how were they were going to have the ability to continue to operate and sell their products? And, you know, if you, if you watch the video through downtown dollars, we interview some of the business owners who, who basically morphed their models. We took a restaurant owner, a service business that had, it was an acupuncturist and massage um, business, as well as a, a, a true brick and mortar retail, which was our florist and gift shop. And we interviewed all three of them. And, you know, there, there wasn't a one that had to either close or shut down, close, shut down or modify their model inside of 72 hours. And it was, um, it was frankly, I've, I've been doing this for over 14 years and I just have never witnessed anything like this. And there's no training, by the way. So, you, you know, you just kind of figure it out as you go along and, you, you know, you know, there's just not in the Main Street world, there's certainly what I would call um, disaster training because we have Main Streets that are in flood, flood zones. So they've dealt with floods or tornadoes or hurricanes. And so you learn from that. But this was a different enemy, um, you know, one that was striking at the core and the heart of your economy without the physical damage. So, you know, we didn't know what would come down the pipe federally or through the state. And so initially, 
we started out with 0% loans and we loaned out 10 loans at $5,000 a piece through our organization in partnership with our Gloucester Revolving Loan Fund. And that was like our immediate kind of reaction was we got to put a little bit of money in some of these folks' hands to sustain them till we figure out what's going on with these EIDL loans and PPPs because at that point, we, we, we didn't know what those were and we didn't know what kind of parameters and criteria would surround those. We were all learning and frankly, as you guys know, it was changing every day. Mm -hmm. So whatever rules you thought applied on Monday changed on Thursday. So, you know, it was a matter of just really staying educated. And, um, but then out of that, we started thinking, you know, gosh, we don't know how long this will last, but even if it's a few months and here we are getting ready to enter phase three um, on Wednesday and, um, and seeing now that we can open back up, but there's been a hurt and there's been a hit and there's been a change of consumer behavior and how people most likely will, will purchase and buy and experience going forward. So how do we create something a bit more sustainable that we can utilize um, here in the downtown? Um, a lot of small businesses don't have the ability to sell online. Um, and a lot of them don't have the ability to sell online related to just a gift certificate or a gift card. Um, some do. I think I had maybe just a couple, but the majority of them, uh, over 95% of them did not. And, but you could come into the store and get it if, if you wanted to. So we started to think in terms of, you know, often in the small business world, um, prior to COVID-19, and, and I'm telling you, it's not going to change after, you know, there's so many other organizations and people that walk into small businesses every day and say, hey, will you donate a gift certificate to such? Um, and they're always having to give the discount. And one of the concerns we had as an organization wasn't necessarily who may open back up now, but it would be who would still be here in nine months and 12 months and 18 months. And what could we do in a sustainable fashion to help ensure their viability? So we come up with this idea um, called Downtown Dollars. So it is an e-commerce platform, it is a marketplace that now exists on our website, gloucestervillage.com. And the consumer, um, as of a couple of days ago, and I'll explain that in a second, had the ability to go online, because remember the consumer's been hurting, Many of us um, here in Gloucester, they've lost their jobs or been furloughed and some may not get their jobs back, but they still wanna have the ability to support local. And maybe giving a discount might inspire them to be able to do that. So what we did is we freed up within our budget um, X amount of dollars for underwriting. I also applied for a grant to Virginia Main Street where we received $10,000. And we built out this platform on our site to allow the consumer to purchase at a 30% discount. But the business owner was made whole on the back end of the transaction. And you could go online and buy from any of our restaurants, our retailers, our service industry folks like salons and massage and yoga studio, mm -hmm. and be able to do that at a 30% discount. It had a six month expiration date and inside of 12 days, after we launched this because we also launched it with two donors that stepped up to the plate and purchased the initial $43,000 in value to the program. 
um, those particular gift certificates were all given to 420 healthcare workers at our local hospital as a thank you for the work and the stress that they have been under during COVID-19. And then the community, the 10 days after that, so during that 12-day period, we now have exceeded 102,000 in value and sales. Wow. So we actually, a couple of days ago, I had to turn the platform off just so we could catch up administratively, as well as I have to go back to my board because we've now surpassed what we had allotted for underwriting. But, you know, in a COVID-19 world, um, probably like many nonprofit organizations, and I can assure you many downtown organizations, we've looked at our initial budget that we approved for this year. And uh, we actually work on a calendar year, so we weren't very far into ours whatsoever. So we had the ability to take a look at the programs that now became, in essence, basically irrelevant, um, ones that we won't do. And looked at the budget and said, you know, the budget is much more of a value if we can infuse our businesses with the funding that they need for them to get back on their feet and hopefully stay on their feet. Now, the beauty of the platform is I can administratively, we can turn off the discount, turn on the discount. We can set the discount to whatever we would like it to be. We can create new products and packages online related to um, dovetailing with downtown events. So we're actually working with TechArc out of Norfolk, Virginia who is the firm that we use to develop the website, or I should say the e-commerce platform. And um, I'm going to meet with him in a few weeks and we're going to dive in and go way out of the box and say, how else could we use this buying platform um, going forward? So we see it as a tool, um, not for just right now, but really, you know, forever to be able to do a lot with it. Wow. That's a great program. Yeah, we're, we're super excited and yeah. never saw that coming. That, that kind of value being purchased was that is very brilliant. impressive. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's so, crazy. so let's, we should move on to the next hat that you wear. Uh, you were part of the governor's, um, what was the name of that? It's the again? private, private business task force for reopening Virginia. And uh, I was asked to be a part of that to represent small brick and mortar in the state of Virginia. Nice. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, what that was like being part of that group and um, anything that you guys were managed to accomplish or, uh, you know. Sure. You Um, you know, these were um, um, some really interesting phone calls. You know, first it was, you know, it was absolutely an honor to to be asked um, and to be recognized in a way that, you know, they thought you you could bring something to the table and really contribute. So I, I took the role very seriously you know, understanding that independent and small retail, it's, it's, a different, um, it's a different playing field for us than it is for our national retailers, like a Target or a Walmart or a TJ Maxx. Um, we function differently and we have different needs and our voice is extremely important because frankly, you know, the backbone of Virginia or the country is small business. And um, small business is what also powers all of our communities. So um, I took that very seriously. So it, it encompassed three different um, phone calls, basically, initially. 
for them, I say them, the administration, to, to walk through with us um, where COVID-19 was in the state of Virginia initially from the health perspective and what they were anticipating. And then to walk through that they anticipated three different phases of reopening Virginia. And basically we were asked to more so respond to the phase one guidelines. So we went through a couple of iterations um, and input from everyone on the call. There were um, folks on the call from across the state of Virginia and they represented basically just about every aspect of different kinds of businesses there would be. So we had large brick and mortar retail. Of course, I was small brick and mortar retail. You had um, a YMCA rep who was thinking, you know, in terms of fitness centers and gyms. You had um, Bruce Thompson actually out of y'all's um, direction representing the hotel industry um, for Virginia. So that just gives you a bit of an idea mm -hmm. of, of how they, they selected their representatives on there. Um, we each had a moment or two, however long we needed to, to give feedback. You know, there were certainly things that initially we saw in the guidelines that um, from a small brick and mortar perspective that we said this doesn't, doesn't work for us. And um, there were some wins. Um, and like all of these kinds of things, there's also some compromise. And, you know, we understood that it was um, very much a delicate balance between the, the health of the public and then the health of the economy and not really wanting to necessarily sacrifice one for the other, but to try to, to balance them the, the best way possible. So as we've moved forward, um, basically there's been a few emails back and forth, but honestly the initial focus was just really to respond and give input on the phase one guidelines. Um, as phase two came out and phase three came out, I'm seeing them basically about the same time that, that you all are. It's just that I have a bit more of a direct line right now if we have questions. So, mm -hmm. and that's the role I've been fulfilling for you all on Fridays is walking through the guidelines. And if there were questions, we've had the ability to get fairly quick answers um, between myself and then the Virginia Retail Federation lobbyists, Jody and Kate mm -hmm. have done an absolute amazing job, um, you know, having conversations behind the scenes with Secretary of Commerce as, as well as the, the governor's staff um, sharing any concerns that we have with our members. Which I think brings us into your next hat, yeah. <laughs> being involved with Retail Alliance's Board of Directors and the head of the committee, I think, for the legislative area. Yes, yes, yeah. the legislative committee. So that is working right. with Rudy and Kate, our lobbyists, yes. quite closely, yes. actually, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's been, it's frankly, it's been a fascinating time um, the last couple of years to be, to be uh, chairman or co-chairman with um, also with, you know, retail uh, merchants out of, out of Richmond. So it's been a fascinating time as we have seen, you know, this past General Assembly season was absolutely one of the busiest we've seen um, in an extremely long time. And just a, a lot of new labor laws that are going into effect as of July 1st and as well as the minimum wage discussion that now you know is pushed off to may may 2021 which i think will be a relief to a lot of our our small businesses and um just so many other bills that that came before the general assembly this past session and um, as we head into this next season you know certainly um we're going to see uh paid 
leave is going to be a, a big subject matter for this year. It was defeated this past year, um, but you can absolutely look to see that as, as something we'll be faced with. And we're trying to just basically stay on top of the new laws and stay as educated and informed as we can about them so that we can answer the questions that we know so many business owners will have. Um, you know, often small business owners, it's very easy to get super caught up in just the day-to-day -day work of, you know, keeping your own business afloat that you, you may not follow these uh, legislative changes. So it's important, um, you know, for Retail Alliance and the Virginia Retail Federation, you know, this is what they're there for, to provide you that information and that knowledge um, so you don't have to go seeking it on your own. It's, a, it's an extremely, to me, it's one of the most valuable parts of being a member of, of Retail Alliance is having the access to, to the Virginia Retail Federation and the knowledge and experience that, that Kate and Jody bring. So it's, um, it's, a, it's extremely valuable. There's just no other way to put it. Yeah, no, we agree. Yeah. Wow, so that's that's a lot of hats. <laughs> and, and not all of them, I think, either. But I stay just a little busy. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> yes. Wow, well, we thank you very much for joining us today in your, in your busy oh, you're day. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, that was great. It's uh, always, always a pleasure talking to you, Jenny. Well, thank you. I have very much enjoyed getting to know you all as well.